rise and welcome to this sports court of public opinion we call foul play-by-play this show that provides play-by-play coverage of foul play in sports i'm your host the dishonorable anthony variano and i'm joined by my attorney and fellow sports fan michael haas of mclarity and haas law pc in glendive montana if you're a listener in montana in need of a defense attorney don't hesitate to call mike at 406-377-2654 how's life mike you know i'm hating summer anthony besides the fact that the twins are garbage. I hate this hot weather. It's not easy for, you know, a slightly obese man who's bald to handle 95 degree weather out here on the plane. I can understand that. My dad and I have been uh, trimming trees and uh, he's been having a hard time getting around as well. Oh God, <laughs> miserable. It has been miserable, but let's get to the uh, miserable headlines of foul play in sports for the last eh, week and a half or so. Uh, headline number one, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Jameis Winston has been suspended for the first three games of the 2018 season for allegedly groping an Uber driver over two years ago. Winston has denied the allegations and negotiated a six-game suspension down to three games for issuing an apology, during which Winston never admitted guilt. He said he was sorry to have put her in that position, but not for sexually assaulting her. The suspension stems from an alleged incident that occurred in March of 2016, a couple of months after the end of Winston's rookie season in the NFL. After partying with friends in Scottsdale, Arizona, Winston ended up in an Uber. The driver of that car, whose identity still has never been revealed, alleges that Winston grabbed her crotch while they were waiting in a restaurant drive through lane. She did not and has not pressed charges, but reported the incident to Uber, which deactivated Winston's account shortly after. The NFL was made aware of the incident after the accuser shared her story with BuzzFeed News. The witnesses have differing testimonies of the night in question, with Winston's former Florida State teammate, Ronald Darby, saying he was in the Uber that night and nothing inappropriate in nature happened in the car that evening, and Jameis did not have any physical contact with the Uber driver. But former Vanderbilt football player Brandon Banks, serving a 15-year prison sentence for rape and sexual battery, said he and Darby put Winston in the Uber alone that night. Regardless, did the NFL go far enough with just a three-game suspension for Winston, given his past and his attempt at apology? Um, Well, from a defense attorney's standpoint, I think the NFL went plenty far enough. Um, It's going to be difficult for them to decide, I guess, find the truth in a matter like this. Um, It'd be pretty easy to, well, as a defense attorney, it'd be pretty easy to put Brandon Banks' uh, statements in a questionable light, just sure. saying that he's looking for anything to try to lessen that sentence. Right. On another note, how far away do you think we are of uh, Uber drivers actually having like active cameras in their cars for situations like these? Uh, I think once Uber actually cares about its drivers, they'll make that <laughs> mandatory policy. Um, yeah. But then again, that'll probably be a policy that the Uber drivers will have to pay for themselves. So, sure. I mean, I don't. I don't really see Uber caring about its employees too much. Are there taxis that have cameras in them? You know, I I believe so. Yeah. There are, yeah. I want to say that I've ridden in a couple that have had cameras and show you what exactly you see is in the back seat. So, but this this must have happened with Winston in the front seat. I would well, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. Um, unless, I mean, I mean, not that that's not an awkward enough situation and allegation, but if he's doing that from the back seat, that would yeah even more. Here. They'll wrap around from the back seat. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well, in similarly ugly NFL news of foul play off the field, outgoing Carolina Panthers owner Jerry Richardson was fined $2.75 million after an investigation confirmed allegations of racial and sexual misconduct in the workplace. 
In a letter to Richardson published by Sports Illustrated, one of the women said she didn't know what to do about alleged multiple sexual advances by Rich- Richardson, including being asked to place her feet in his lap to be rubbed from toes to crotch, being asked to turn around so Richardson could see how her jeans fit, hands placed on her breasts and lips, and being asked sexually charged questions. The sale of the Panthers to hedge fund billionaire David Tepper was approved at the owners' meetings in May for an NFL record $2.275 billion and expected to close in the next two weeks. Richardson and investors paid just $203 million for the franchise in 1993. So did the NFL again go far enough with a $2.75 million fine given the massive payoff Richardson is set to receive? No, I don't think the NFL went far enough uh, just based off of the amount of profit he made off the sale. Um, But also with regards to that, it'd be nice when these owners turn around and sell their team for record profits. If some of that money, I mean, this isn't tied into the sexual allegation um, issue, but it'd be nice if some of that money would return to the city. I mean, because they're the ones putting the bills, building them stadiums and whatnot. So it'd be nice if some of that would trickle down to – I guess the average man. Yeah. Well, in the case of uh, Miami, their uh, their the Miami Marlins corporate like address is offshore. Uh, there isn't even a U.S. corporate address in the United States for the Miami Marlins. So they think any suit brought against them uh, is null and void because they're not uh, a U.S. entity, so to speak. Yeah, and that's just sickening. Yeah. And, I mean, we've talked about um, the Miami issue before. I mean, that is. I don't know why, uh, like the MLB or the NFL allows this crap to happen. I mean, just uh, well, offset a player like the Yankees and just leave the city yeah. in ruins. Oh, I agree. Rob Manfred was completely off base there. Uh, but they do it because the commissioner's job is to make to ensure profits for their shareholders, which are the owners. the The commissioner only holds his job in all the leagues uh, because the owners make it so. No, and maybe the, there should be some rule changes um, where it's just not uh, profit for the select few. Right. Well, if you were one of these former employees who uh, was a victim of alleged sexual misconduct, uh, wouldn't you want to bring charges against a guy like Richardson uh, since he can afford to settle sexual harassment charges out of court, especially after the sale of the Panthers? Um, yeah, I would, and I think that number, the fine that the NFL gave him, I mean, that's likely the number this woman would have received um, somewhere in that one to two million, maybe three million ballpark. Um, I mean, she's not going to get no billion dollar (laughs) um, settlement for an allegation like this, but well, and don't you think her termination or the, uh, the agreement achieved through their termination with these former employees would include something like that, where like they couldn't talk about it. And yes, I would, I'd assume there's some kind of non-disclosure agreement. Yeah. Um, in the settlement. Uh, well, the one thing I've taken from the Me Too movement is that the victims of sexual harassment place vastly different values on their privacy. Um, I think almost in any situation, I would bring charges, regardless of how much money there was to be won. Uh, but some of these victims would rather remain anonymous and tell BuzzFeed for uh, an unamount, uh, unannounced amount of money. Uh, would you be one like me to just go ahead and bring charges? I honestly don't know. As I mean, as a man, I don't know how to answer that question because I think it's it's easy for us to sound cavalier and, um, you know, when there's an injustice that you want to speak for, right. speak your mind, try to get justice for whoever wrongs you. But, I mean, we've been talking about this issue with sexual harassment for weeks now, so it's 
I can't say. I mean, I probably would do the same thing this woman did. I mean, I haven't, I guess, been on the opposite side of the aisle, yeah. having to live with um, in a world of male-dominated sexual harassment. So, I mean, I oh, likely would have probably done the same thing she did. See, that's the, 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 I think that's a big difference. Is you know, I have been uh, the, I guess, the victim of sexual harassment in the workplace. But you know, to me, at the time when I was a young kid, it didn't seem like sexual harassment. It was just flirting to me, um, and it and it wasn't bothersome, I guess. Uh, but I could see how, from a female standpoint, it could be a completely different feeling from almost the exact same sort of uh, advances, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, that said, we'll go to commercial break and come back with more foul play by play right after this. We're back at Foul Play by Play, and we're covering the, well, last week and a half's uh, headlines of foul play in sports. Uh, but right now we're going to try something new uh, with a segment we're calling Foul Play by Play Feelings, where we talk about our feelings and the feelings of those crying foul play in sports. Sweden coach Jan Andersson complained about the German bench for rubbing in their victory as they celebrated Tony Cruz's stoppage time winner in Germany's 2-1 World Cup win on Saturday. There was a confrontation between members of both teams on the sideline at midfield with gestures allegedly made, and the two groups had to be separated. Basically, Sweden's problem with Germany, in the World Cup at least, was that they celebrated in front of their bench and allegedly directed gestures toward the Swedes, for which the Germans apologized. But we all know what an apology is worth given Jameis Winston's recent attempt. Personally, I think these Swedish soccer players need to play some baseball to realize what a real walk-off loss feels like. Because in that game, they don't even wait for you to get off the bench before you're celebrating. They celebrate right in front of you while you're still on the field, hopefully tossing a bat like Jose Batista and staring down your pitcher. They celebrate on the way to first base, for Christ's sakes. So what do you think? Are these Swedish soccer players softies, or were the Germans in the wrong? Because if there was more of this after soccer matches, I'd be more likely to watch them. Well, uh, I guess first, uh, before my response, um, I don't know how far to go on this one, um, just with... I mean, when you see a soccer fans in these soccer clubs, I mean, these guys are tough guys, so I don't want to be um, downplaying their sport or anything because I'm by no means a tough man. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong. I think it makes it more fun for the fan, and it's, I mean, it encourages competition um, for the next time they're out. So, I mean, you, if you hate your opponent, you're going to play better. It's going to be a better game to watch. So. Right. I think in a way it, it, it looks bad, especially for a sport like soccer that's supposed to be, you know, one of the toughest sports out there, that you'd whine and complain about the other team's antics after a game. I mean, well, to me, it just seems like the same crap over and over again uh, with soccer. I mean, it's guys taking dives, it's guys complaining about stuff that doesn't happen. Um, it's, I mean, this stuff happens in baseball all the time, and they settle it right there on the, the baseball field. I, I like the the one quote I read the other day, where it's like uh, the game uh, governs itself, uh, which I think that's the only sport in which you could say that uh, baseball governs itself. Like you got two guys, one at the mound and one at the plate, one both of them yielding weapons, and it's just basically who blinks first. I mean, don't miss with your weapon because uh, the other guy's got a bat and is only sixty feet six inches away. Well, yeah, and with the uh, Batista uh, comment you made, didn't uh, didn't he get a ball thrown at him his next at bat the next game? Uh, well, actually, in the next season, he was a, he was attacked uh, an entire season after the off season. Uh, the next year, he got punched in the face by uh, I believe it was Ruffin and Odor, 
um, for sliding late into second base. Uh, oh, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody remembers that punch to the face because it was probably the best punch ever landed in a baseball game. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, he was the subject of abuse for flipping that bat for a, a solid year, it seemed like. And I just think that's ridiculous. I mean, the guy hit one of the biggest home runs besides Joe Carter in the history of uh, Toronto sports. I mean, just one of the biggest walk-off wins, one of the biggest wins in Toronto sports history. And you've got a problem a year later with Jose Batista tossing a bat. And here we are talking about soccer players, you know, having a problem with uh, the opposing team winning in stoppage time, a stoppage time goal after regulation, uh, celebrating because they're doing it in front of their bench. Well, yeah, and that, and I guess, I guess that was the only point I was trying to make was don't whine about it after the game if, if you feel like they did something egregious to you. Next time you're on the field, I mean, that's where you settle your score. Well, that's the problem is with the World Cup, they won't see each other for four years, so those rosters could be a lot different the next time they see each other. <laughs> I guess that's true. But you know what? It would play really well in MLS and all the other leagues, uh, like the Euro Leagues. I mean, all those guys play professionally uh, in various leagues throughout the world, uh, Barcelona, United States, regardless. Uh, so, you know, those guys can hold grudges and take those to their own leagues, and it can create drama for a game that, seems to be uh you know having trouble the united states and and get fans to you know show interest in the united states and i think something like that would increase interest well then that so you're saying then the us will only watch brutalized sports then huh pretty much yeah if it doesn't have gratuitous <laughs> violence uh, a means of you know a use of a weapon a yielding of weapons uh yeah i mean basically there has to be some sort of contact even basketball has you know contact um but yeah, soccer soccer is a whole sport. The whole sport was built on the idea that there's no t- contact whatsoever. I guess we're the new Romans. Yeah. All right. We'll be back with more foul play-by-play right after this. Here's some more headlines. Hanley Ramirez was wrongfully implicated by Michelle McPhee of ABC News in connection with a drug arrest of a man who'd FaceTimed Ramirez during the stop, claiming some of the paraphernalia to belong to Ramirez. The accused later said that he was just trying to get the cops off his back by dropping Ramirez's name. He did grow up with Ramirez, however. Ramirez was released by the Red Sox on May 25th and has been a free agent looking for work since June 1st. While Ramirez's OPS of 708 is well below his 848 career OPS, he's likely missed out on an employment opportunity because of this ABC News crime reporter needlessly mentioning him in the connection with a drug bust involving 435 grams of fentanyl and a large amount of crack. Does Ramirez have a case against ABC News here? What kind of recourse does he have, if any? I would I would think he does, and I think he should explore it. Um, I mean, defamation of character, for one, especially since the only reason they brought his name up in this, it sounds like, is because he was Hanley Ramirez. And so, I mean, anytime you can tie some kind of celebrity figure into a drug bust or crime drama thing, you're going to do it, but you should make damn sure before you do it that there's some semblance of truth to it, um, right. which in this case sounds like there just wasn't, especially if a guy's name-dropping to try to get out of charges. And, I mean, if that's clearly the case, yeah, I would uh, I'd bring suit against ABC News because it's got a good case to say, I'm, you know, I'm sitting on my butt during a baseball season when I could be playing. I mean, because, yeah, I do agree his on-base percentage is down a bit, but still – he can still play ball. I mean, right. he comes with a hefty contract, but... No, he doesn't come with the contract. Oh, they took the whole contract? No, he, he was rele- released by the Red Sox, so they have to pay his $22 million regardless. 
So he's a free oh, yeah. agent right now, just looking for work. Uh, he's looking to be oh. employed. And yeah. this was uh, this was reported on the 22nd, and two days later, uh, they uh, issued a correction. ABC News did, and uh, I don't know. I mean, would Ramirez have to actually eventually go without finding work and? claim this as the reason or could he just simply claim hey uh well there goes every sponsorship i'll ever have because some guy decided to facetime me because he had my number while he was getting busted with a bunch of drugs and that's exactly what he'd have to do and being that they somewhat cured i guess what they did wrong two days later um it may be a tougher case for ramirez but i i certainly would uh still try i mean yeah when they run your name through the muck like that I mean, he's got $22 million to pay uh, an attorney and a retainer, so I think he'll be all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, next headline. Uh, Detroit Tigers fired pitching coach Chris Bazio for using insensitive language towards a team employee. But the whole thing could be a misunderstanding that results in legal action taken by Bazio against the team. Bazio said he used the word monkey to describe Tigers pitcher Daniel Stump in the team's coach's room. Bazio calls Stump Spider Monkey. That's his nickname, he said, in a quote to USA Today. He's a skinny little white kid who makes all these funny faces when he works out. Bazio believes the black clubhouse attendant thought he and the other coach were talking about him, but he insists that is not the case, swearing on his parents' graves in the interview. So does Bazio have a case given Detroit's self-described zero-tolerance policy for this kind of behavior? And if so, what can he expect in damages? You know, I don't really know how to answer that. I think... I would agree this is a misunderstanding, but he should, I mean, he should know not to throw the word monkey around in 2018, even if you're describing a white guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, that's stupidity, but it, it doesn't seem like it had the ill intentions uh, meaning behind the word monkey. So, but I mean, if they truly do have a zero tolerance policy, um, I guess he could expect some damages, but I mean, it kind of goes behind, to me, it would go behind the meaning of the word itself, and he wasn't, I guess, using it in that uh, defaming way. Right. Uh, I guess the Tigers would have to argue that, well, basically their policy states that any use of language directed towards any clubhouse employee would warrant, you know, termination. So regardless of whether he was talking about the clubhouse attendant or a player, it's still insensitive language towards a clubhouse employee. So I, I think my take on it, it would be as Basio has got a, a tough cookie to crack here, but I mean, maybe bringing a lawsuit could uh, get him some of the pay that he'd be due. I mean, I don't know if his firing includes, uh, you know, the loss of his pay for the rest of the season, which I imagine it would. I mean, most of us, when we get fired, don't end up getting the rest of our annual salary. Um, exactly. But, I, you know, sometimes in those terminations, there are agreements that would uh, allow for uh, severance pay of some sort. So um, but I think I mean, there's no point. In, I mean, this could affect him the rest of his career. Just, you know, calling a, a white, a long white pitcher, a spider monkey could be the end of his pitching coach days. Yeah. And I hope they I hope they spend the time to actually investigate it fully and actually try to work this out, because that doesn't seem something like he should be punished for for the rest of his life. I mean, this is, it just sounds like a total misunderstanding. Right. And I just, I don't see how Detroit comes out looking good. If, I mean, once this story's out, I mean, they don't look good to me already uh, because it didn't seem like they did the due diligence to figure out what exactly uh, uh, to whom Blasio was referring that, that 
they never really even considered. They just said, oh, he used the word monkey, uh, talking about one of our players or clubhouse attendants. He's gone. Well, yeah, and that's, I mean, when you just say it like that, it sounds like common sense, you know. Yeah, it does. Where the brain takes you, but his explanation sounds, uh, to me, legit. Yeah. In other news, Toronto Blue Jays closer Roberto Osuna was suspended 75 games without pay last Friday for violating Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy. Osuna, 23, was arrested by Toronto police and charged with assaulting his girlfriend on May 8th. He was placed on administrative lead by the league, which has been investigating the incident ever since. Osuna will not appeal the suspension retroactive to May 8th and extending through August 4th. He will miss 89 days, which would cost him about $2.54 million of his $5.3 million salary. Osuna will plead not guilty to the charges on July 9th, according to his attorney. MLB and the Players Union agreed on a domestic violence policy in 2015. A year after the uh, National Football League adopted its domestic violence policy, both allow the leagues to discipline a player for a domestic violence incident, regardless of whether there were charges or a trial. How do you feel about either of these domestic violence policies, Mike? I'm a little torn on them, just because, I mean, I understand the 2015 policy because the reality of it is it all comes down to image. That's about it. Um, they don't want their brand tarnished, and any allegation is going to tarnish their brand. Yeah. Um, I would prefer, even though, I mean, I think the average person in the public wouldn't prefer it. I mean, I would prefer the discipline to come after a conviction, let's say, um, just because that's the kind of line of work I do anyway. Yeah. Um, it's easy for an allegation to be brought, um, which to me, allegations mean nothing until you've actually got a judge saying you're guilty, mm -hmm. and then you've got some kind of conviction on your record. But as I said, it's about image, and I mean, we're talking about private entities here, so these employers can do whatever you want. I mean, the average guy on the street who goes and applies for a job, let's say he's been arrested, wrongly arrested for something in the past, and he was even, let's say, found innocent, that arrest is going to follow him throughout his life. So, right. I mean, the allegation itself does the damage, and yeah. that, I guess that's the problem I have, and it's it's something I don't think is ever going to be cured. Well, no, and I don't think so either, because what about these uh, sexual abuse cases that never get brought but are leaked to the press? You know, the allegations raised through the press and then stories confirmed through anonymous sources uh, that, you know, obviously prove that, you know, uh, Jameis Winston was in the wrong, uh, but don't end up with a conviction and that would leave the league with no recourse uh, except for, I mean, they could suspend anybody who's been alleged of anything until a conviction though, too. And then you're looking at year long suspensions or however long it takes to get on the court's agenda. Yeah, exactly. So I don't think, I don't think any policy is going to make everybody happy, mm. especially with when we're talking about cases of sexual assault or even domestic abuse. We've talked about that a lot on this show. Um, just because the reality of the charges, I mean, they're not always going to be resolved through the criminal justice system just because they're so darn hard to prove a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but then again, you're going to have the rub off the other way where I'm sorry, sometimes people are wrongly accused of stuff yeah. and they're going to have to suffer the backlash just because the other end's not, you know, adequately doing its job mm -hmm. where... I guess the right people are getting punished, but so I don't. It's a system where we're never going to get a perfect 
system, especially when it comes to sexual assault um, and domestic disputes. So do you think the system we have is working? No. But then again, I don't know if there's a a better system to appease everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, but it's just the line of work I do. I'm fine with a slow system that makes sure that you try to get it right. Right. But that's difficult to do when you're allowing athletes to make so much money when it takes, like you said, a year to two years to resolve a lot of these disputes. So it's, I mean, I would prefer punishing people retroactive, you know, after they're convicted and then maybe you can go back and say, well, you're going to be fined this much out of your salary and we can pull whatever, I don't know, like baseball does, you know, when they put an asterisk next to you. Right. For the stat yet. Um, but I'd prefer something where, it's, you know, they're wrong before you just, uh, I guess, punish them. See, and I, that's not going to please everybody. I actually kind of like the, uh, the policy of, as soon as an allegation is raised, they can put you on um, suspension. Um, but I think that should be a suspension with pay. I don't think you can take someone's pay away just based on an allegation. Um, yeah, but but even that suspension, I mean, that's what we're that's what we're kind of talking about with our Hanley Ramirez right situation. Just because his name's dropped, does that mean he shouldn't be able to play then? Uh, I think it, well, I think it would be reserved specifically for domestic violence cases, uh, not for you know things like that. Um, but as far as domestic violence cases go, the whole idea is to you know not associate your brand with the brand of the accused, uh, and so that's why Osuna uh, was placed on the commissioner's. Uh, what is it? The I don't know the list. It's just a suspension list. But uh, as as long as that you know doesn't result in lost pay while they're, you know, investigating the charges brought against them. Um, and, and merely, you know, they're still innocent until proven guilty. And at that point, they're innocent. You know, they're, sure, they're alleged of doing something, but we all get alleged of doing things and didn't do them. So uh, I don't think you should be able to penalize that person uh, monetarily uh, while you're still, you know, investigating a crime or alleged crime. Yeah, and I think the MLB, and even if we wanted to extend it to, like, the NBA or the NFL with their policies, I think their response would be, um, I mean, you got to cross, the prosecutor of the state has to cross some burden before charges are brought. I mean, right. you cross probable cause threshold, so they're going to hang their head on that. And me, as somebody who does this for a living, I mean, I believe probable cause means nothing. Mm-hmm. Um just because it's so easy right. to meet thresholds. So, I mean, I guess at least there's a level where they can't be punished until, because I, I guess there is a threshold, that probable cause threshold that I should have mentioned. Well, mention it now. I just did mention it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get on to the next headline. Last headline of the day. Uh, this one's a doozy. The body of Roosevelt Rene was found on the property of Janoris Jenkins while he was in Florida upon the completion of the New York Giants training camp. William H. Jenkins, the 34-year-old brother of Janoris Jenkins, allegedly had a dispute with Rene, according to police complaint, released Thursday. The complaint says William Jenkins got into an altercation with Rene on Monday night that resulted in Rene's death. Jenkins then fled and was arrested later Monday by New York State Police on an unrelated matter and held in Ontario County Jail. Jenkins has been charged with one count of aggravated manslaughter and remains in custody. His brother has been advised by lawyers to remain in Florida. 
Why are Janoris Jenkins' attorneys advising him to stay away from home if he has an alibi that disconnects him from the alleged crime? I'm, and this is just speculation on my part. I'm, I'm guessing it's, I don't know. I know Florida's uh, general punishments towards crimes are harsher than other states. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that if there's any other charge, like maybe obstruction of justice, where maybe oh. they think that Janoris knew something, mm-hmm. um, or maybe even an accessory after the fact, something like that. Like if um, he received a call from his brother after the after the incident? Exactly, and then held on to that information and didn't turn it over to law enforcement. Right, he I'm, would be, yeah, he could be charged. You're, yeah, you're impeding a criminal investigation at that point if you know the whereabouts of the accused. <laughs> yeah, so I'm assuming it's kind of on the on that line there. So it's just a safer bet to say stay away. Yeah. So you're not arrested or even or even brought in for questioning or anything like that since you're dealing with your brother. I mean, he's not going to have the same protections um, to not disseminate information um, against your brother that you do like in a marriage or something like that. Um, so. That's likely why they're asking him to stay away is just so he can't be brought in, even just to be talked to by law enforcement. Right. All right. Well, that concludes this episode of Foul Play by Play. Make sure to uh, follow us on Foul Play by Play on Facebook, and uh, you can reach us uh, at foulplaybyplay at gmail.com or on Twitter at foulplaybyplay. And tune in next week as we continue investigating the uh, sports stories of foul play on and off the uh, field, pitch, ice, and court.